0: Welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Green Light. I am Jackson. I'm Lauren. And we are here to give you the first episode of sort of our post-pivot show. I guess, if yeah. If you will. So normally now I would say, Lauren, what do we do here? And Lauren would typically respond with...
1: We read on, produce plays and screenplays and uh, interview the people who write them. But now yes. I would respond with, we find uh, an older and a newer... Film, TV show, piece of media, and really break them down. Talk about the mm-hmm. some some dramaturgical stuff with it. Yeah. Talk about whether or not we would green light yeah, This th- content. That that's the whole new idea. That's really the crux. leaning into
0: our name, if you will, as as we always do. And like we said before, if you missed our announcement last episode. Go watch it, you coward, because you didn't want to listen, listen, to, to, listen to, to, to that one. Yes. Did I say watch? Yes. Go listen to it. with your. Go watch it with your ears, if you will. Uh, but we, we explain it more in detail. But yeah, so we're going to do one episode a month at with our previous format where we uh, interview a writer, where we read their scripts. But for the other three episodes in the month, we're going to be doing this, sort of yeah. expanding on our detour segment and turning it into a full green light segment boom boom so before we get into it which i'm actually really excited for this i had a really fun time researching and for for a little context i took the newer movie and lauren took the older movie i did so i'm gonna be i'm your your younger cousin who you think is annoying but he's like he's all up on tiktok and and that would be weird
1: because i'm dating you
0: well, but so. I, for the audience, from the audience's <laughs> perspective, Lauren, if you will. But before we get into all that, we're gonna do a few housekeeping things. So yes. please rate and review us on iTunes, because that would be super helpful, Apple and we Podcasts would adore you. Right there, yes, I am currently checking to see if we have any new ones. We don't. Shame. Shame on Shame. all of you. If you haven't done it, please go and do it. Uh, it, it. It really helps us move up the charts. And as we move up the or charts... Just appear on the charts in general. Correct. Help us appear on the charts in the United States, maybe. Not in... I think at one point... Well, we got an email that one time about where we were on the charts. Yeah, I think
1: we were on the charts in like... Singapore.
0: <laughs> that sounds that sounds like something that it could yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we would love to get on the U.S. charts if possible. Yes. So uh, so yeah, give us a rating and a review, please. Five stars if you're if you would be so kind, and then uh, please uh, like us on social media. Follow us on social media.
1: Yes. At um, TGL
0: underscore Pod on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Also mentioned we have a Patreon and you can join it. True. I did forget to shout out our newest Patreon member last week. Uh, Holgen. Yes so thank you for joining oh. the club nice we appreciate you yes, uh every single every single penny counts every single penny helps us it um, really does and yeah you know i think patreon takes like a really really small cut but like yeah. that that's going straight to us so yeah, yeah exactly. that would help us a ton
0: question have we put up the green lit episode yet for wizard of oz if
1: you haven't then i have not okay
0: well by the time you're hearing this it will be up so <laughs> if you could if you join our patreon you'll get at the five dollar level you will get our green lit episode which we did the are wizard always oz a lot this of fun month. yeah we did a wizard of oz a deep dive into a movie but laced with alcohol yes <laughs> laced with substances if you will <laughs> so uh those are a lot of fun so you get all of ours that we've done we've done some good ones yeah some some movies from our childhood, some movies that we need to just see. And we've done that. All right. We have another podcast as well. Who is we that do. podcast? Which the is Singer. becoming wildly more successful than this one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I think every single one of our episodes is getting like at least 10 times the listens that this one does yeah so <laughs> but it, that's okay so
0: support us on there if you haven't make your if way you over like there. The Singer. apparently some people like it so that's cool <laughs> but uh we we're happy that you're here we you know it's a nice little niche club right now yeah just just a couple of friends sitting around talking about Chilling. movies which is fun
1: so all right let's dive should we start with the dive. old or the new
0: would, would you like me to go first, or would you like to go first? Uh, I can go first. All right. Lauren's going to kick us off, and she's going to tell you what movie. We I, we both watched both of these movies, but yes, she's going to tell yes. you the movie she researched.
1: Okay, so you might remember our Dump Month episode from last week. Oh, true. true, true, um, true. And one of the movies that I brought to the table was the 1999 Dump Month classic, She's all that. She's all that. So we mentioned She's possibly wanting to. <laughs> we mentioned possibly wanting to watch that movie, and you know what? We did. We did later the, that night, the
0: very same evening yeah. as we recorded that episode. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, because you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a fun movie.
0: It's a it's a very fun movie,
1: but don't tip your hand quite yet. All Lauren. right. Well, let's get into it with some specs. It is directed by. It. I can't read my writing. I think Robert Iscove, not Robert
0: Iscore. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Iscove. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, written by R. Lee Fleming Jr. Uh, it's based on Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw, mm. um, which is interesting because Pretty Woman actually also came out in the 90s. Uh, it came out in 1990, um, which is also based on Pygmalion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, I think I, this is the same summary I read last time, but from IMDb, uh, a high school jock makes a bet that he can turn an unattractive girl into the school's prom queen. Yes. So again, like I mentioned before, this stars Freddie Prince Jr., Rachel Lee Cook, Matthew Lillard, Paul Walker, Jody Lynn O'Keefe, uh, Dulé Hill's in this as well. Dulé Hill's in this. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of just people who've been in Psyche in this. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> if if they
0: have a main role in this, they've appeared in Psych at some point, <laughs> essentially. Uh also, I don't know if you have this written down, Usher. True. Lil' Kim and Gabrielle Union are also in this yes. movie.
1: And they have like definitely smaller roles. No, for like, sure. Like Usher is honestly mostly VO. Yeah. But it's pretty hilarious to me that it's just like I think just, like, canonically, Usher just, like, is the school's DJ. He
0: is. Usher almost <laughs> exists outside of the world in this movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he like, he's almost a
1: narrator. No, but he's not a narrator. He's not know? even
0: close to a narrator. He's, like, he, he's like one of those minor Greek gods who never interferes with anything and just, like, hangs out with everybody. And he's like, man, this is crazy, huh? That's kind of Usher's role in this yeah, movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. <laughs> uh, well, I greenlit Usher's presence in this movie. Okay, sounds start. good.
0: A, a quick greenlit from, green light from Lauren. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, okay, so let's just talk about, just a little bit, other similar movies to this that came out around okay. this time, right? Sure. So, the 90s was definitely an era of cheesy rom-coms. And to be honest, looking back, I see the 90s as very much... Um, 90s films as just a time capsule mm. because it's in that weird in-between period, right? Where like people were starting to have like a lot of people had pagers. Sure, Every once in a while someone had like a car phone but like no one really had cell phones yet. So we were just starting. It. it I feel like it's a very in-between time. Sure, like people know?
0: people could communicate with each other easier but not quite to the level that we do today. <laughs>
1: and I also just feel like 90s movies... Have like just some of the craziest fashion. It's I think the best I've ever seen. It. It's, it's the pretty best. iconic. It's
0: the best, and it's also absolutely awful. Exactly, <laughs> it's
1: horrendous. Um, yes. so here's a few other super cheesy rom coms that came out in the '90s. Ten Things I Hate About You, Glass from the, the Past. I, uh,
0: speaking of Ten Things I Hate About You, that yeah. actually there was an anniversary of that today. Actually, oh, really? I think of it being released. Yeah, well, happy Rip P. Fledger, ten by things. The way. I hate- yes, so.
1: Uh yeah, Blast from the Past, Fools Rush In, Never Been Kissed, which I, I love that movie personally. Mm. It's like it's so cheesy, it's so stupid, but <laughs> I love it. Uh Pretty Woman, as I mentioned before, and yes. of course our former green lit, Clueless. Yes,
0: can't forget Clueless.
1: Yeah, so I think this movie fits in very well with all of these other movies. And I do think from a production standpoint, looking at all of these other movies that have been very popular earlier mm-hmm. in the 90s, granted, I think some of them might have also been 99, and, like this one's 99. Yeah. Um, But looking at all these other movies that were very popular, you know, in the 90s, yeah. I think I would look at the script and be like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you- Like you- I think as a producer, I'd be like, this will be successful. Sure. You know? Yeah. Especially to, you know, just- I mean, both the 90s and the 2000s, and honestly, even now, it's just like, there are so many things set in high school, you know? Yeah. But I think the 90s and the early 2000s just have a lot of those rom-coms that are centered around like, high schoolers yeah, instead teen, of adults.
0: Yeah, teen rom-coms, I feel like, were big for sure in yeah. this time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And, you know, it's like, it's also, Pretty Woman came out like 10 years earlier, was very successful. That's yeah. also based on Pygmalion. Like, I think the the kind of makeover storyline- was just very popular during this time. Yeah. Now, granted, (laughs) I think there's definitely, you know, it's definitely outdated now. It's definitely sexist. I
0: was going to say, I feel like the 90s were the perfect time for like a makeover type movie because I feel like, Uh, That storyline is progressive enough in the 90s because it's like a lot of times it ends up like, oh, it really doesn't matter what they look like on the outside, it's who they are, etc. You know, Mm -hmm. like is kind of the moral of the story. So that's progressive enough for the 90s that people love it. But looking back on it, it's like, ooh, there's a lot of bad things about this too.
1: (laughs) So I feel like
0: the 90s were the prime time for something like that. Absolutely.
1: And again, (laughs) it's slightly
0: progressive enough to have these movies.
1: (laughs) And again, it's like, I do think this movie laughs at itself enough that it still enjoys. to watch now for sure Mm -hmm. but from a production standpoint i would not do this now i would i would i would definitely ask for some pretty major changes with this i think i'd be okay with producing potentially a well i don't know because i still wouldn't even want to do like this story straight up but like gender bent you know what I mean, yeah,
0: because it still sends a bit of a uh, a bit of
1: a message of like what you look like isn't good enough, which is not great, yeah, however, you- if it was more of a thing where like because in this, I think the main character, like okay, so Zach, the main character, Freddie Prince Jr, yes, I to be honest, don't think he actually had an incredible amount of growth, yeah. You know, because I think that the little bit of growth he had was like, okay, interesting how he appreciated her art. Also, he was kind of a genius and got into like every Ivy League yeah. school. What, like, what a
0: conflict. What oh, man.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But not green like that. Yeah. Unless it's because it wasn't meant to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If no, it was meant it to was... be funny, you know, that would make sense. But, no, for um, sure. And I think
0: to a certain extent, uh, Laney did a good job reading Laney played by Rachel Lee Cook, did a good job of, like, sort of throwing that in his face. Like, I think she was a good foil for him.
1: Absolutely. Like, I
0: I think she did a great job. Like, I think her character exists in a story today. I don't think his character exists with the amount of growth that he actually went through, which was kind of minimal. You know what I'm saying?
1: I agree. I agree. Well, because I think that if someone approached it, if this script or this story was approached now from a perspective of this person's trying to Play a bet, you know, like be kind of mean, make over this person, and they're the ones that end up getting the makeover. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like a, more of a character makeover.
0: Whoa, you know, I
1: think that's something that could be a little more successful now. Again, definitely something marketed more towards teenagers. Yeah, you know, because I, it's definitely that's a cheeseburger right there. But yeah, um, for sure. But I think that is how you could make that less problematic for for a contemporary audience. Sure. Um. So I do have just like kind of a detailed summary from a plot perspective that maybe we could go through and say you know do we like do we not like okay sure um yeah sure so uh <laughs> taylor meets reality star brock hudson gets a tattoo <laughs> this so is taylor's hard. the girlfriend yes
0: um, taylor is freddie prince what's his name i don't know freddie keep prince it. jr uh zach, zach.
1: seiler freddie
0: uh, f- uh wait what am i saying Taylor is Zach's former girlfriend, who they yes. kind of break up in the beginning of this movie
1: because she meets a reality TV star, Brock Hudson, Hudson, played, played by, by the iconic Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Yes, um,
0: I want to say I love this just because I love Matthew Lillard's character.
1: No, I think <laughs> Matthew Lillard's character is. Perfect, Barack because he's Hudson so self aware. is an
0: iconic character. Yeah. He is he,
1: ridiculous. He's
0: definitely like a caricature, and I think he's meant to be.
1: Exactly. You know? Yeah.
0: And I, I just think it's so interesting, too, to see Matthew Lillard playing this type of character because yeah. I don't know what he did before this, but obviously, after I, I this. I will definitely
1: tell you what he did before okay, this. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, but after this, obviously, we know him as Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah. And in my mind, growing up with him is that it's so weird to go back and see him as this, but he does such a great job. So I, I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah,
1: definitely um yeah so there's that um so obviously taylor dumps zach that's sort of the inciting incident of the movie yes it is um i want to say zach's best friend's name is dean right yeah dean that's paul, paul walker, walker yeah. yeah um so <laughs> dean basically met, makes a bet with zach to say you know zach can make any girl into prom queen and dean gets to pick the girl so of course he picks Lainey, who is Actually, very pretty, but whatever. She's nerdy, she's artsy, she's dropping stuff everywhere.
0: Truly, I think it's funny. Because I feel like with the way, like, style is today, Lainey would actually probably be, like, super popular.
1: Lainey looks so Gen Z. It's yeah, crazy. she
0: does. She really does. She
1: can rock the mom jeans. She can rock the middle part. Lainey would have,
0: like, 50,000 followers on Twitter. Like, easily. Her Literally. Her Twitter account would be She's the so best snarky. thing ever. Yeah. But I
1: feel like her Instagram would also be pretty iconic, No, too, yeah. From she, her she'd be an influencer today, to be oh, honest. Oh, absolutely. Even
0: though I don't know if her character would, like, her character like would try kind of. to be an influencer. Sure. But she just would be.
1: So then or the question is would she take would she like make money being an influencer? You know, like would she take those deals? Maybe not. I don't know. Unless
0: it's something she really cared about.
1: That's true. Anyways,
0: however to this point of uh uh just talking about the whole bet thing, that is a bit, you know, wh- while this movie hinges on it, I I understand that it is a plot point and it's supposed to be a place sure. where Zach grows.
1: Well, it's also too... Because Paul Walker does definitely turn out to be the villain in this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Dean turns a, out to big, be the villain
0: A big turn of events. Yeah,
1: he's the worst. Yeah. But um, but it's like Zach is really the guy who initiates this bet, you know? And it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's yeah. not great. Like, I think that we... I think that the bet would make sense if we saw him as a total scumbag at the beginning instead of just like a popular guy and this is what popular guys do. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean um, I, I so think... that's again, not something I would greenlit today, green light today, but probably like I think honestly, I would probably be okay with this whole movie in the nineties.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. Now, question Who did you find more attractive? Zach or Dean, aka Paul Walker or Freddie Prince Jr.?
1: I didn't like either of them. Well, Rachel Le. Cook is the hottest person in this movie. I mean,
0: <laughs> yes, that is true. However, before you knew anything about them, if you just saw them, because I think I have a clear answer.
1: I don't think either of them are that attractive. I'm going to be honest with <laughs> that's, you. That's
0: a wild of you to say. And I guess <laughs> I Probably guess good. Dean,
1: I guess. Oh, but I think
0: I think Dean is the clear choice of
1: if, if Freddie, I think it's Freddie Prince Jr. is just kind of a weird looking guy.
0: Well, I I, I think Freddie Prince Jr. Is, is an attractive guy. I think it's funny because if you look at, not to be weird, if you look at how they're built, Freddie Prince Jr. is built like a high schooler. Paul Walker is built like a 25-year-old man, which I think he was roughly when they filmed this movie, so it makes sense. Paul Walker is jacked in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's also, absolutely ripped.
1: Yeah. Rip Paul Walker,
0: but... Rip, rip Paul Walker, but also, yeah. yes.
1: No, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I... I, Yeah, I really don't think I found either of them attractive, no. actually.
0: Only have eyes for me.
1: Yep, there you go. And <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook. Yes, fair. <laughs> um. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Zach stalks her at her place of work, the falafel place. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, not great. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do not approve of stalking I, behavior. Here's... Well, and it's definitely... I think that is also just a big 80s and 90s and even maybe a little bit in the 2000s thing of just like the romantic gesture of showing up uninvited to a place that you shouldn't even know that they will be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because that is definitely, that is creepy behavior. No,
0: for sure. Here, Here is the thing I'll say about that and about some other instances of things that Zach did. I actually think, while I think... Dean was the more attractive one. I think Zach was well cast with Freddie Prinze Jr. I agree. Because I, I feel like even though what he did was creepy, and this is going to sound bad, because he was charming enough and because he he didn't make it feel creepy to me. I
1: agree. I, think I agree. If, I he, think did, you, he has like, he's an endearing enough person, I yeah. think. Yeah. That I th- he could get away with it. Yeah, for when, this. when
0: you step back and you look at the situations from an objective point of view, you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of weird, dude. Maybe you shouldn't do that. But when yeah. you're in it, it's like, oh wow, that's charming, which is dangerous, of course, because that means some people can take advantage of you if you are in those situations. They turn out to be bad people. Exactly. But- Paul, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. did a good job, I guess is what I'll say. Yeah, Prop I, C, I, I agree, I
1: agree. Um, yeah, her, her super cool friend, uh, decides that he's gonna hook them up and gives him his ticket to her performance art thing, and then we go to her performance art thing.
0: I, that was a hilarious scene, I love that scene. The performance art? <laughs> yes. yeah. <laughs> Gotta love performance it was crazy. art.
1: <laughs> well, and I also just love, too, when they bring him up on stage, and he's, like, just starts doing a hacky sack, a hacky and sack. he's, like... And
0: he kills it. Well, he's just, he like... absolutely demolishes have to it.
1: juggle everything. Can't let it drop. Can't let it drop. <laughs> and then he drops it. It was mesmerizing.
0: But that's part of it. That's part of it. And everyone See, was,
1: like, whoa. Yeah.
0: I feel like the producers were, like, man, performance art sucks. But when it's with Freddie Prince Jr., it's awesome.
1: <laughs> well, the idea of it was definitely that it still sucks. Like... He was just trying to do his best. I don't know. I kind of liked his way through
0: it. I kind of liked his performance. I liked All his right. performance more than the one before it. I'll say that. I mean,
1: I agree. Yeah. yeah. But also, how crazy is it that you go to the first performance art show they've ever been to, you've ever been to? And they make you do performance art just like oh, impromptu. I would lose. Oh my god, that's I say, awful. This
0: bet isn't worth it. Sorry. I don't care if my reputation I would is walk ruined. Out. I walk out of there. I'm sorry.
1: Well and also in the nineties, is your reputation gonna be ruined walking out of a performance art thing because you didn't want to do anything? Well sure, I, like, I meant no. more because of
0: the bet thing. Oh, sure. But yeah, no, no, thank you. I'm not I'm not volunteering myself for any performance art. Ever. No. <laughs>
1: um so anyway yeah so he does a performance art she has a new appreciation for him they start hanging out they go to a party matthew Lother does an incredible lip sync performance oh that
0: was one of the best parts (laughs) of the movie i agree he shines in that moment
1: um and then dean comes up to her and is like hey why hasn't he asked you to prom yet doesn't he like you?
0: Yeah. This is where Dean really turns the villain, I oh, feel yeah. like. Yeah. Oh yeah. When when he tries to like slide in. So
1: yeah, he like plants some doubt and then shortly after he asks her to prom. Yes. And uh, Zach is like, "WTF, man!" Yeah, yeah. I was gonna do that. Correct. And she's like, "What do you mean? None of you own me." And then Dean is like, "Yeah, I mean, you should really just call off that whole bet thing."
0: Ah, uh, yes. <sighs> oh. Paul, Walker, I, I will give him credit. Paul Walker was so good at being the villain.
1: Yeah, he was so I good. Mean, he
0: was. I really feel like it's it's almost like <laughs> Paul Walker is like what dean's character is like what zach could turn into but it's like dean turned bad and zach turned good it's like they're two sides of the same coin no
1: that's that's definitely fair (laughs) which i think is interesting um anyway and then richly cook has the iconic line am i a bet am i a effing bet yes pretty great yeah she's great um let me see yes so i said meanwhile brock is insufferable and does an awesome dance at a party we covered that yep um, oh, and then Rachel e. Cook gets nominated for prom queen after the party, after basically standing up to the yeah. popular people, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor Vaughn, like, spills a drink on her, and she talks about how, like, now I'm reminded why I don't go to places like this, you know, because I avoid people like you, yep. and stuff like that, pretty yep. iconic, so, oh, yeah, yeah, she gets nominated for prom queen, um, anyway, um yeah, prom happens. Uh, Taylor ends up winning, of course, yeah. you know, because um, the
0: vote's rigged. Stop the count.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, she and Zach, like he ends up basically coming back to her house, you know, make sure she's okay, whatever they end up getting together in the end. And then I tagged at the end, also, Zach is a Harvard legacy and got into every Ivy League school.:
0: Yeah, he has the first highest GPA in the in the class yeah as he mentions
1: but i also think it's interesting how like the stereo like the breaking stereotype thing is like oh well the jock's also super smart and i'm like and he's also rich
0: <laughs> yeah that helps that very much helps that does help yeah
1: uh another comment i had this movie is basically radio rebel <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess i don't know Well, because a bunch of people, they nominate her for prom queen, right? Because even though she wasn't trying to make a statement, she was the one who stood up to the popular girl. And she gets nominated for prom queen. It's like a whole. It's like a whole coup, right? Yeah. Um. I guess I Radio see the Rebel, similarities. That's more intentional. Yeah, I course. was going to say
0: that's definitely more when you broadcast your podcast to millions of people. Which broadcast once again, your Not how podcasts work. That's just not Radio Rebel. <laughs> it's radios <laughs> in the title. <laughs> Whatever. It's Whatever. not a podcast. But yes, I that definitely feels more deliberate. But I see the similarities for sure.
1: Yes. All right. So yeah. After hearing all that, as a whole um yeah where, any where do things you stand you can think of so yeah I, or did you
0: have more to talk about i don't want to no i
1: mean that was all i had with um the plot but i do have some things to talk about with the actor's creative team on this sure go ahead. would I'd you say... casting choices would you greenlight like these people based on what they've done okay sure yeah I'd, I'd go for that all right so interestingly enough i feel like the director is one of the people who's actually kind of done the least notable things prior to this okay interesting um So he had mostly, he'd actually done a good bit of choreography on, like, movie musicals. Really? Um, But from what I could tell, the kind of most notable thing he'd really done was he had directed, like, a bunch of episodes of the 1990 to 1991 Flash series.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Um, He directed a couple episodes of Miami Vice and a couple episodes of the 21 Jump Street series.
0: See, that's the one that sticks out to me. Yeah, because Twenty One Jump Street—that's like a high school thing.
1: That's true. So, yeah. like,
0: I could see that and being like, "Oh, okay."
1: Yeah. Yeah, you. Can I, give I'd this. give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that, like, because he had done a lot of stuff, just not a lot of recognizable things. Sure. And that actually is the case with a lot of these uh, lead actors too, where like they had done one thing. Yeah. Before this, that anyone had ever heard of. Yeah. Know? Um. Okay. So let's get to the cast. So Freddie Prince Jr. Is the child of Freddie Prince, actor, comedian. Mm. Um, so I think he already had, you know, even though I think he's probably more famous than his dad at this point. Yeah. Um, he at least had a little bit of a start into the industry. Um, yeah, a lot for of these sure. people. Well, I guess at least some of these people are actually from California, so that helps too. Um, So, before he did this movie, he was most well-known for the two I Know What You Did Last Summer movies.
0: Were those before this?
1: Yes. Oh, he
0: was great in those. Yeah. I love those movies. Green, Um, green, green.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, The other, I guess, thing that could contribute maybe to his casting in this was that he was in the House of Yes before this. He was in a bunch of other things, too. But um, those are the most well-known things. Um, Of course, post this, he was Fred and Scooby-Doo. Yes. Uh he also had he's also had a lot of T V show appearances, including Friends, Frasier, Family Matters, that was before this, mm. um, and Psych. And of he course. had a small role in uh the new Star Wars trilogy. Who was he? Let me it was a name I actually didn't recognize. TBH. Okay. Um Freddie Prince Junior Star Wars. Okay um also he was a writer for wwe from 2008
0: to 2009 Freddie prince jr
1: yeah i looked that up and i was like well because i saw um smackdown on his imdb and i was like what and That's then i ridiculous. looked it up and yeah it was a writer credit wow
0: i did not um, know that
1: yeah so um okay so yeah i think this was a vo thing he was in um Star Wars Rebels, like that, it was an animated oh, series. Oh, so it's a, so
0: it's an animated thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So he, yeah, he wasn't like in in Star Wars. He oh, would not okay. have recognized him. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but yeah, he was like a ca- Canon Jerris. It wasn't a character I recognized, but yeah, just a bit part. But I also thought it was interesting because Rachel Lee Cook also had a bit part in in Star Wars in Star Wars. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's, that's Freddie Prince Jr. Um, so yeah, I think his big break, what got him cast in this was definitely, I know what you did last summer.
0: I would say definitely. You know,
1: and I think, uh, he definitely was a good fit for this. No, for yeah, sure. I,
0: I, would say he's like, what to get seeing him in the movie, I think it's like, it really makes sense that, you know, that he was cast.
1: Yeah. Okay, so moving on to Rachel Lee Cook, she was actually a print model starting at age 10. Wow. Yeah, she was uh in Milkbone and Target ads, apparently. Interesting. Um anyway, so her agent, her print agent, had her, I guess, read for a role. Uh she didn't get it, but she got hooked. She moved to LA and booked her first audition after moving out to LA, which Disgusting. was for the Babysitters Club.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah, so she was in that. Um she was also in the House of Yes with Freddie Prince Jr. Wow. So I think that could have been part of why they were cast together.
0: Sure. Some chemistry.
1: Yeah, um, she saw that was definitely her biggest thing, though. You mm. know, like the Babysitters Club is pretty big, but yeah. um, she was also in Get Carter, Texas Rangers. Uh, she was the lead in Josie and the Pussycats.
0: Is this before or after?
1: After that's oh, after, okay. but yeah, she's all that was um, the her biggest thing after the Babysitters Club. Sure. Um, and she has been in a ton of like Hallmark type movies, and oh, she okay. produces a lot of them too. She has I can producer see that. credits for a ton of them. Sure. Uh. And she was in Psych.
0: Of course. (laughs) She had like a six episode run or something. She wasn't a huge part, but I think she dated Sean for a bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, Matthew Lillard. So his big break was Scream. He was the unassuming villain in Scream.
0: I didn't know that. Wow.
1: He also had apparently, um, because that was the first Scream movie, of course. uh, He actually had an uncredited role in the second Scream movie, but- I want to show you something. I read his bio on IMDb and I don't know if it's just unfinished or if he's just very unassuming because um, it does not mention like any of the big thing he's things he's done. Matthew Lillard? Yeah. Uh okay, so skipping to a lot of other things. Um in his bio on IMDb it says the summer after high school he was hired as an extra for Ghoulies Go to College, which is one of his credited roles on IMDb. Okay. <laughs> um He was the MC of the Nickelodeon program Skate TV in 1990. Interesting. Um, And yeah, it kind of just talks about his education credits, really. And then it said, you know, his manager got him auditions for Serial Mom, but it doesn't say he was, well, I guess he was cast as Chip in that. And then... It talked about him starting like an ensemble company and then a theater company called The Summoners.
0: Uh, is that just his bio, you're saying? That's his
1: bio on IMDb. Yeah, it doesn't have anything about Scooby-Doo, nothing that's about this, nothing mm. about Scream. So anyway, um, he was also in... Uh, yeah, Scream was definitely his big break. That was really his first well-known thing. And then he got cast in this. Um, he was also shortly after this in SLC Punk, Salt Lake City Punk. Um Okay. And I watched the trailer for it because I hadn't heard of it. It looks ridiculous. It sounds Um, ridiculous. But it says, like, it says Matthew Lillard, star of Scream and She's All That, which is interesting because it says the year SLC Punk came out was actually the year before She's All That. So that's interesting.
0: Maybe it was like a later poster or something. Yeah. It was a TV show?
1: Um, SLC Punk? Yeah. No, it was a movie.
0: Oh, interesting then. I don't know.
1: Um, also, Jackson, in 2000, he played Longaville in a production of Love Sleepers Lost! No way!
0: Yeah. Matthew Ludo and I are soulmates. Sorry, yeah. Lauren. <laughs>
1: Jackson, uh, played Longaville in a musical production of Love's, Love's Labor's Lost in college. I sure did, um, yes. I yeah. was
0: almost naked on
1: stage. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the other big thing, as we all know that he has done, is Scooby-Doo in various, er, well, he was shaggy in Scooby-Doo in various iterations, including Supernatural. What? Apparently... He made an appearance as Shaggy on Supernatural. That's
0: fascinating. I love that. I guess
1: they ran into a couple other Supernatural hunters. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Matthew Lillard. Last person I wanted to talk about real quick uh, was Paul Walker. So, his big break was Pleasantville with Reese Witherspoon, 1998. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that was really his biggest thing. He was also in uh, the Fast and Furious movies. Um, of course. And then the last Fast and Furious, well, Fast and Furious 7. Furious 7. Um came out um it was actually like finished after his death and then it came out in 2015 but yeah yeah, that was sort of his his last big thing so rip paul walker but yeah he definitely his big break was definitely pleasantville um before this movie sure um yeah so i feel like looking at this it's like while a lot of these people were definitely you know young a lot of them hadn't done a ton sure before this they all had kind of that one big thing or that one big franchise you know that had that brought them into the spotlight enough that yeah, they were for sure. Us, you know, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I greenlight all of these casting choices. Paul Walker's maybe the hardest one because he definitely looks old.
0: Sure. Well, See and I think schooler. like especially with a high school movie, like it, unless they are like child child actors, you mm-hmm. probably won't have a ton of people who are well known before being in like a teen movie. Exactly. Like this.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I think they were definitely smart in you know getting people who had kind of had one big thing. Yeah. Before for this. sure. All right. Um, I think I'm ready to move on to our new movie.
0: Oh well. Well, what is your, what is your overall verdict?
1: Oh, okay. Well, my overall verdict is, as a '90s producer, I would definitely greenlight this. Okay. Just as is, as a whole. Okay. Now I think I would still love this cast. You know, obviously, you know, as they were at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want to make some major changes to the plot. Sure. However, Matthew Lillard, just as he is, can stay the same.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Matthew Lillard, we pick you up from the 90s and place you in this movie. You're good. Boom. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Let us move on then to our current movie. This is the one that I researched and Lauren and I both watched. Fighting with My Family
1: yes. is a
0: 2019 film, so in the past couple years, it's still current. Uh, so I'm sort of going to go uh, spec by spec to start and sort of just, just talk about generally um, um, things like that. So okay. this movie is written and directed by Stephen Merchant. Uh, if you have seen this movie, you might recognize Stephen Merchant as the parent, what, the father of, uh, of Zach's fiance. He's okay. he's the tall guy, yes, the yes, kind yes, of yes. nerdy looking one, the, yes. the 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 proper, if you will. Uh, so you also might recognize if you are a fan of British television, you might recognize him because he got his start, his really big break, I would say, on the British version of The Office. Not just acting, but he also directed and wrote. He and Ricky Gervais were huh. kind of the two figureheads behind the UK version of The Office. Okay. And w- one thing I like about Stephen Merchant, I haven't seen him in a ton of things, but I've always liked him. Like I think he's hilarious. He's also like tall. Like I don't yeah, think he stood he's really up in this tall. movie, but he's like 6'6". He is. He's a. He's a large man. So I I think you you look at like the British version of The Office and I think in a way you can see some of the humor that comes in this movie which I think is interesting and that that we'll talk about later. So let's get into who is in this movie. So this movie stars Dwayne Johnson, Vince Vaughn, Nick Frost, Lena Headey, Florence Pugh playing Page. Page. I was I was going to I was thinking I was going to say our title character, but she's obviously not the title because right. it's fighting with my family. And Jack Loden. So I'll, I'll get back to them in a second. I'll go ahead and do the summary, just in case you haven't seen this movie, just a general idea what it's about. Uh, this movie is actually based on a documentary, and the documentary is obviously based on someone's life, cu- titled The Wrestlers Fighting With My Family by Max Fisher, and it depicts the career of English professional wrestler Paige as she makes her way up WWE while also showing her brother Zack Zodiac as he struggles to achieve similar success. So if you're a WWE fan, you've heard of Paige. Like, oh, yeah. you 100% heard of Paige. But she's a very famous female wrestler. Uh, she is technically retired from fighting, I believe.
1: Yeah, she she comes back once in a while from, like, for some management-type yeah. roles or, you know, some kind of... um Like, I think she was the general manager of SmackDown for a hot second. She was, yeah. yeah. But she had actually a... Neck injury. Yeah, I she had a neck injury that in, made her retire. I think in 2016, really early in her career. Yeah,
0: she was. She was is still very young, and so it, it was a really tough injury, especially for someone who, as we're gonna find out, was sort of a pioneer in, in especially the yeah. women's division in WWE. Uh, but let's go back to that cast for a little bit. So the <laughs> the person whose name shows up first on IMDb because he is an actor in this. He's also a producer in this, but because he's Probably the biggest movie star on the planet is Dwayne Johnson. Yes. Now, if you've seen this movie, you know good old Dwayne is in three minutes. Yeah. (laughs) He has two separate scenes where he... I guess kind of three, two to three scenes where he comes in. And he's in a very small portion of this movie. Yes. However, you look at someone like The Rock. He's on the poster once again, and he's in three minutes of this movie. Yeah. But you look at someone like The Rock who is at least producing... And who people know very well, and you're like, slap The Rock's name on this, people will see it. Exactly. Well, because that's
1: like, even if they're not interested in wrestling. Yes. Like, they'll see it just if they think The Rock is going to be in a substantial part of the movie.
0: Correct. And you know you can count on The Rock, because they, I guess I should have done this slightly differently, but I'll, I'll do it this way. Uh, in 2018, the year before this movie came out, The Rock earned an income of 124 million dollars from his movie, Ooh. the largest ever recorded in uh, in the time, which is roughly the past 20 years of what they've been keeping track of stuff like that. So, people pay him a lot, and I I realize now I should have looked up how much movie his how much money his movies made. However, he's a hit. We all know who yes. The Rock is. Everyone knows who The Rock is. So, uh, Vince. I, now I'm gonna tackle a couple characters at once. Vince Vaughn, Nick Frost, and uh, Lena Headey—is that how you pronounce her name?
1: I think it's uh, Lena.
0: Lena, Lena Headey. Yeah. So Vince Vaughn is another really recognizable name. Someone yeah. who's sort of actually in the later stages of his career, I would say probably, and who plays a a, a really interesting role in this. Uh, yes. I'm sorry, I was telling Jackson he was being really loud. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lauren. Lauren's it's okay. head hurts. And <laughs> we have pretty much all the lights off in here. We it's do. dark, <laughs> but yes, I'll Sorry. be quiet. It's okay. Okay. Um. So yes, Vince Vaughn obviously has a has a very storied career, and it's someone who you can you know you can sell to people. Yeah. You also have Nick Frost, who, if you don't know who Nick Frost is, if you have seen Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, he's the big guy. He's the big yeah. one across. Who's the guy? Who's who's the one? Uh. The redheaded dude. Yes. Who's in those movies? I can't remember. You know that guy. I, yes, I'm that guy. I'm gonna think of it at some point and be like, oh it's him.
1: Well, because isn't he Is he actually Zack Zodiac's dad? Like in this?
0: What do you mean? In real life is he his dad? Yeah. No.
1: Oh. I never don't think mind. so.
0: Why? Did you think he
1: was? Yeah. Well someone made a comment about that and I was like, they look alike, that makes sense. Oh,
0: I, I guess they I guess they kinda of look alike. I feel like I have very different body types.
1: The redheaded guy in Zach?
0: Oh, you're talking about the? I thought you were talking about Nick Frost. No, and I was like, oh no, they they still no to <laughs> I was that like, one. Blink. <laughs> still no to that one too. Um, but yes, uh, uh Jack loaded looks like I have to look it up now because it's just gonna make me mad. Yeah.
1: Well, um, yeah, I was shocked to see Cersei Lannister in this because yes. I just recently started watching Game of Thrones after reading the book. Correct. The first book, Simon Pegg. Ah, yes. Looks
0: like Simon Pegg's son. Yes. Yes.
1: Um yeah, I like we started watching it, you know, she has like pink and black hair and like a lip pe- lip ring and I was like, "Is yeah. that Cersei
0: Lannister?" <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it was
1: And I I think that's
0: interesting too, right? Because you have the Dwayne you have Dwayne for like the big marketable name, and then you have these other actors. Well, while Vince Vaughn, I would say especially at points in his career was an A-lister, not quite as popular now. Nick Frost, Lena Headey, like, you know, these people who were like who are like decently big names, but who are really good actors to sort to sort of carry that part of the movie. Um, and finally, we get to obviously the woman of the hour, Florence yes. Pugh. Uh, so this is relatively early in her career, and yeah. this was the first thing that I saw. I didn't we didn't see this movie until recently, but it was the first time I had ever heard of her was through this movie. Yeah. Uh, in 2014, she was in a movie called The Falling. Uh, which was you know when she was younger when she was pretty much a kid a, a young teenager and then she was also in some a few Shakespeare TV movies she was in Lady Macbeth and she played Cordelia and King Lear hmm. so I feel like from that you get an idea of like oh so she can kind of act huh yeah and then this was pretty much her big break I would say yeah the, the big thing that she was in and I will say initially you think oh we're putting all of this on an actress who isn't a big name. But I think in a case like this, it's actually kind of to her advantage that you don't have someone with a big name because Because you don't want a face someone
1: who's kind of unknown.
0: Exactly. You don't want someone like, you know, I I looked up famous young actresses to to give examples. (laughs) You don't want someone like a Margot Robbie who Mm. is like, who's going to be in your movie and you're going to be like, Oh, everyone's going to be like, that's Margot Robbie. And it's like, instead, you want to be like, oh, that's Paige, and then find out later, oh, that's Florence Pugh, who's that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I think it really works to their their advantage that Florence Pugh was not a huge name before this. Well,
1: and again, it's too, like, they have The Rock's name on this. yeah You know, like, Nick Frost is really big, uh, Stephen Merchant's pretty big, like, yeah. there are, there, they have enough big names. There are other people to that carry I think that part. It's like, yeah, I think they definitely wanted... I think, like you said, it makes sense to have someone who is at least a little bit unknown yeah. in that lead role because it's someone who is an up-and-comer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then I-, I think another part of the green light process that we have to go through is like, you know, how much did it cost to make this? And I was actually surprised. The budget of this movie was only $11 million.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. And ten million of that was the rocks. I mean,
0: quite possibly, (laughs) yes. Uh, It was filmed actually largely in uh, Norwich, England, and in like the surrounding areas, uh, as well as the NXT training center and various places in Southern California. And granted, I guess like
1: they already have the rights to that space because it's produced by the WWE. So yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, So yeah, just just a little bit more about this, the movie, the the plot, etc. So obviously, it follows the the backstory of Paige, sort of starting out in this indie scene in norwich england it's fantastic i love the way they set it up um and then going to sort of very early in the movie actually her and her brother get a tryout for the wwe yeah so they travel all the way to florida for this tryout at the nxt nxt training center
1: well no they they have the tryout in the uk don't they and then she goes to florida to is that right i think so because oh, I think no one, one gets right. on a plane till
0: I guess you're right. Never mind. So yes, they have the try-thank you for correcting me. They have the tryout in the UK. Uh, it turns out, and you know, if you don't want spoilers, whatever, this is only a, a slight spoiler. It's 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 in the summary of the movie. But she makes it, her brother doesn't. And so that's a that's a big conflict of the movie in itself. And so the rest of the movie is pretty much the two of them dealing with those those things. Paige dealing with her new career in the WWE, working up to... Because she's not officially in yet. Yeah. Like, even though she's been invited to train, she's not in the WWE. She's still technically a part of NXT. People are being cut pretty consistently throughout that process. Yeah. And not only the mental, but or not only the physical, but the mental part of that. And on the converse side, you have her brother stuck in england stuck in this place that he's been stuck in you know he's the older brother of the family so technically it's been his dream for longer and so it's just tough to have to watch his sister he has a baby now which is good but obviously adds another thing to sort of prevent him from from fully pursuing his dream so it's 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 going through their struggles that's sort of the general idea of the movie i also want to talk about just Because, you know, you have this movie, and it's like, oh, The Rock's in it. I want to see it. Oh, you know, we have some other recognizable faces. But at the end of the day, it's about a wrestler. And so it's like, do people know who this is? They probably do. So here's a few bit of page facts, if you will. Uh, Page was a two-time WWE Divas Champion, and it was that's the Women's Championship, which has yes. been renamed the Women's Championship Thank God. since then. Yes. But she was the youngest champion ever, and we actually get to see that in the movie. Spoiler. We do. She was also actually the inaugural NXT Women's Champion, holding it for 301 oh, really? days. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which I think is interesting because in the movie, which I understand they have to take a few liberties, but in the movie, it feels like her run in NXT is very short.
1: And like... That she wasn't very good in yeah, NXT, exactly. at least on the mic. We, uh,
0: we don't even get to see her have a championship in NXT. No, we don't. But in, in real life, she she was. Uh, in, uh, she was ranked number one in Pro Wrestling Illustrated Females 50 and was named Diva of the Year by Rolling Stone in 2014. I would say she's easily one of the most popular women's WWE Women's Champions ever, I would say yeah like like she especially for for the time that she was she was at the top she was like at the top you yeah. know and and i think that's something that 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 is really cool so if you're a wrestling fan a lot of people know that you're gonna bring in all the wrestling fans if you're not a wrestling fan hey it's the rock in a movie i'll i'll go see it whenever. yeah well and it's still a good movie you yeah. know yeah and i and i i will get to that because i i'm just doing the facts now i'll get into my thoughts <laughs> in a second uh only a few more facts however So I want to talk a little bit about the popularity of the WWE at this time. Because Raw viewership, which is sort of WWE's flagship show, Every Mondays, etc., it had actually been consistently dropping for five years. Uh, It was averaging 3.53 million viewers in 2015, and down to 2019 to 2.453 million. So almost a million viewer drop. So I could see WWE sort of wanting to push up its numbers a little bit by putting out a movie that hopefully a lot of people see and maybe draw old fans back to the support and potentially some new ones as well. Also, around this time, and now this was technically the same year the movie came out, so obviously the movie was in development before it, but AEW All Elite Wrestling, the new new, uh, wrestling promotion that has sort of come up to challenge WWE, was founded in 2019.
1: Well, and they've also... um... You know, not to say that they've stolen WWE wrestlers because they're giving them better benefits. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Frankly, you know, so like I understand why people would want to leave WWE um, for the AEW. But yeah, they there was definitely a new competitor emerging.
0: Yeah, exactly. So and and even though AEW started, then I'm sure there were murmurs about it for a while. There were, yeah, before. Yeah. And then one more thing, just talk about wrestling movies in general there's really not like a ton of precedent for wrestling narratives. Yeah. Uh, You have The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, but that was definitely more of a hard drama. And this, so it almost traipsing new territory. But I think with all of the other things, it's it's looking pretty good. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it has to be a good movie. Yeah. Was it a good movie?
1: It was a good movie.
0: I love this movie.
1: I love this movie. I think wrestling wrestling narratives are really interesting because like, you know, if you go with like a boxing movie, Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The big fight at the end is very much in their control when they win. Whereas with wrestling where it's, you know, it's staged, like the outcome of the match is predetermined. Sure. It it's very much more about kind of like the powers that be giving you these opportunities as sure, opposed to a, a whether you can actually win a fight. You know For what sure. I mean? Yeah. It's like your I guess the I don't know, mental and physical toughness, yeah. we have to see a lot more in the trial as opposed to the actual fight. Because totally. it's not, yeah. you know, a quote-unquote actual fight, even though there is a huge physical toll, obviously. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Uh, so a few specifics of why I love this movie. I think the cast is great. I Absolutely. think not only do they act well, I think they were cast outstandingly. Yeah, I, I think everyone fits their role really well, and Florence Pugh, for someone who's this is really her first big role, I think she's awesome. Especially no sort of having a background of who Paige is, I yeah. think she does a great job. Definitely of, of portraying that character. Uh, her par- her her parents are perfect too. I love the I love, I love Nick them. Frost and Lena Headey. I think they're great in this movie. Um, and while The Rock is only in brief parts of this movie, he shines. He he of drops course. a couple promos, just he like does. improv promos, and they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing that actually really impressed me with this movie, moving on a little bit, is actually the writing and the story, etc. Because I think going into this movie, I was kind of expecting a movie that I enjoyed but didn't necessarily think was like great. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Well,
1: especially too because it's produced by the WWE and sometimes yeah. the writing in WWE is not always great. Thanks, exactly. Freddie Prince Jr.
0: Yeah. Darn you, Freddie. <laughs> but I, I think the the writing in this actually really shines. Yeah. Uh I think it was genuinely funny. Like there were definitely some funny moments, and I, I really cared about the characters and the story. And I think one thing that I love about this movie is that I think for me, it has a lot of rewatch value. Like, I think because it's a comedy, I can rewatch it for that. But also, like, some movies I think are really good, I think are outstanding movies, but I have to be in a certain mood to watch them. I think this one is just like, it's a fun movie, it's... It's well written, it has good comedy, it has good drama when it needs to be. It's just it's just one that I could probably pop on at any time and be like, "Oh, I can watch this movie." Like yeah, I don't I have agree. to be in a certain mood to watch it, which yeah. I think is is where it shines a bit. Um and another thing sort of about the plot itself, I think obviously the main plot with Paige is compelling, but the side plot with her brother, I think is also really interesting.
1: Yeah, you I know? agree. He ends up kind of um I think he he finds a way to sort of find joy in mentorship. Yeah. You know, and especially, specifically being able to, you know, just train the kids in his local neighborhood, kind of like enrich their lives. Um, yeah. There's specifically a blind kid who was a real person. Yeah. That he um, yeah. trained who actually became a professional wrestler. Yeah. You know, so it's obviously not the same as joining the WWE.
0: No, totally. I, I think what's cool too is... I feel like in some movies, you either get the moral of, oh, this person goes on, works hard, achieves their dream, and that's why it's great. Or you get the narrative of, oh, this person works hard, doesn't achieve their dream, but they fi- they're they able to find the good in what they have. And I think the cool thing is what we this movie both. is telling us is that both are rewarding in their own right. Yeah, you know? both are both, valid Both paths. are valid and both are okay. You know, and I, I think it's really cool that you get both in one movie, honestly. And yeah. it's it's true to life, which is which is cool. Um, I also I don't know, I think this is a good way to introduce someone who doesn't know wrestling to the world of wrestling. I agree. Yeah. Like it, it, I think the physical montages are cool. I think what really makes it stand out though is like the mental aspects of of wrestling, which I sure. think I think everyone's like, "Oh, it, wrestling's fake. It's shut up first off. If that's you, shut up." You do uh, have to
1: be really athletic. You have to, to be, be a good very wrestler. athletic.
0: You also have to have other skills. Like you have to have um Like, uh, there's a a lot of audience interaction, there's acting, there's improv, things like that, and you have to be likable to a certain extent. You have to be likable as a good person or as a bad person, Yeah. you know? Well,
1: but you also, the other thing that they showed in this, too, is that it's really important for you to have some level of camaraderie with everyone you're training with. Yeah, You know, to be able to get that extra practice in with other people and, like, different stuff like that, you know, just, like, to have people to have that chemistry with people when you're fighting
0: and it's like this is something they don't touch on in the movie but i think is is a good point going on with that is that you spend like all year with these people you spend like 300 days on the road going around and wrestling so you have to have good camaraderie with them not just because you're fighting with them but because you're spending most of your year with them so (laughs) you you have to have a good relationship yeah for sure so we're to the verdict
1: to the verdict
0: would I greenlight this movie today in 2019? Of course I would. I have yeah. to. I think if you could <laughs> tell, uh, this is. I just think this is a a perfect storm of a movie, and it actually made its money back four times. I think it grossed over 40 million dollars at the box there office. So I win. Um, I actually have, and we talked about this. I, I you you might have forgotten it, which is fine. The two truths and a lie thing.
1: Oh. Yeah, I did.
0: That's okay. No, that's okay. Let me
1: look something up real quick. You can do
0: <laughs> yours. Okay. So I have three facts for you. Two of them are truth, one of them are lie. You're going to have to figure out which is which. So, the first fact. Vince, Vaughn char- Vince Vaughn's character is actually is not actually a real-life person. He's a bit of a conglomeration of people because in reality, there are different coaches for different aspects of the training process. That's number one. Number two. Dwayne Johnson saw the documentary about Paige's life in his hotel room while filming a Fast and Furious movie and then contacted his friend Stephen Merchant, who he starred in the game plan with, to write the movie. Number three. Uh, Thea, Thea, or Thea or Thea Trinidad, who plays Divas champion AJ Lee, was trying to break into the wrestling scene with no success. Desperate, she called Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I love how they do that. Uh, who she was friends with, asking for his advice. The Rock responded by putting her in the movie. <laughs>
1: You know, I think the second one is the lie.
0: You're right. The second one is a lie. However, okay. it's not a lie for the reason why you might think it is.
1: Oh? Everything
0: about that is true, except the movie he and Stephen Merchant were in together. Huh. They were actually in the Tooth Fairy together.
1: Interesting. But he
0: actually did see the movie while he was filming Fast and Furious and then called Stephen Merchant.
1: Okay. So, okay.
0: I kind of tricked you a little bit, but... <laughs> you
1: did. You did. But I still got it.
0: Yes. All right. Did you find one? God, she's so... Late on her assignment.
1: I'm sorry. It's a
0: disappointment all around.
1: Okay. Um. So, thing number one. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was shot around the same time as this. Um, and Sarah Michelle Gellar right. yep. had a cameo in this movie.
0: Well, I know that part is true, so go ahead and give me the second one.
1: <laughs> okay. That's fine. Um... So, the Big prom brain. dancing sequence originally was not scripted and wasn't going to be filmed. It was added at the last minute to make the movie a few extra minutes longer which
0: which which sequence
1: the prom dancing sequence, so like when they were dancing at the oh, prom and he sure. tried to like cut in sure stuff sure like sure that. sure
0: sure yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a weird sequence. <laughs> I hope that <it> wasn't planned <laughs> yeah, give me the third one
1: <laughs> okay um, so the third one is that um. Okay, so the the character Brock Hudson was actually named after a real life student, uh, who is from Massachusetts, and that's where um, the movie Rushmore was filmed. I I'm gonna say
0: the third one is not true because I feel like the second one had like if they planned that dance sequence, I am gonna just <laughs> flip out. <laughs> so
1: um, what is it? Yeah, it was the third one. Okay.
0: Was it okay. was the whole thing not true, or what part of it was uh, true?
1: So the, the student, um, Brock Hudson, was actually named after a real student from Houston, Texas. Oh, okay. At St. John's School, where Rushmore was filmed. I
0: okay. was going to say, Brock, Brock Hudson doesn't necessarily like sound a like a, a, a kid. Massachusetts kid. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll have better ones next time. I was scrambling. <laughs> that, I'm sorry. That
0: is okay. I
1: literally came up with that bit and forgot. <laughs> it's
0: okay. It's okay. So... This is a full podcast, people. This is, like, almost an hour long. Uh, We hope you liked it. Obviously, we're still getting used to it. If you have preferences, like, if you liked something that we did, if you didn't like something that we did, let us know. This is probably going to be roughly the format that we follow. Um, And then probably, I think, ending with Two Truths and a Lie. But, yeah, just giving a little background on the movie, talking about our thoughts on it, and then... Giving our green light a red light, but sure. we got two greens today,
1: yeah, that will not always be the case. We watch a lot of bad movies. we
0: do watch a lot of bad movies. It, it's gonna be tough though, because I feel like a lot of a lot of bad movies it'll be harder to find stuff about, but that's true. We'll do our best,
1: yeah. um, so yeah, like we said earlier, leave us a five star Apple podcast review. Tell yep. us what movies you want us to do next,
0: please boom, all right, and please make sure they're streaming if you can. yes, all righty. so. For Jackson Campbell
1: and Lauren Hunkley,
0: this is
1: <laughs> the, green the, green, <laughs> the green light. The green light.
0: The movie us. and script podcast. Yep. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs>